The winters here can be harsh. The cold, damp air gets in your bones. Not much you can do but try your best to stay active. You stay active, you stay alive. You slow down. Well, you're pretty much dead already. My grandfather used to say retirement is what will get you, if you live long enough. A man has to stay busy. For without routine, without purpose, the mind slows down. Then the body, and if the body slows down at that age, you die. The world today is no longer the same. It's but a shadow of what it once was. A cataclysm that left nothing behind but desperation and despair. And yet here we still are, moving forward. An unknown future. Uncertain. Before the fall, I was a mechanic. I worked in my dad's repair shop since I was 16. I never even finished school. My father believed real men did the hard work and got their hands dirty, earning a living and eventually building a family. And a fancy education wasn't needed for that. To my dad, that's what success was, working hard, buying a home and raising a family. But I was never much for conventional goals. I always wanted something more something outside the societal norms. I worked there for 10 years, and before my 27th birthday, I made a decision to leave and told my dad it was time I did something for myself. As you can imagine, he didn't agree, nor did he take it well. But I didn't live at home, and I had plenty of savings, so there wasn't much he could do other than make me feel guilty every chance he got. I had a love of animals and always wanted to be a veterinarian. So I began volunteering part-time at a nearby public animal care clinic. After about six weeks, the manager recognized my work ethic and ambition and made me permanent and paid me for 40 hours a week. I lived in a small one-bedroom apartment outside Soho. It was about 90 minutes from my parents' house. Close enough that I could be there if anything ever happened to either of them, but far enough away that they won't visit very often. My mother used to work in a diner on the Upper East Side for about eight years, but gave it all up and became a housewife when she fell pregnant with me. She only ever had two children, me and Sarah. Sarah moved out when she was 22 a whole year before me. Despite me being the older sibling, she was a writer for some fancy magazine in the city. I never could remember the name. My mother got sick shortly before her 60th birthday. She never made it to 61. She had found a lump that turned out to be late stage cancer. It spread to her liver and after that she deteriorated rather quickly. I barely recognised her during the last two or three months. She was just skin and bone by then. Had dropped so much weight 
her clothes simply hung off her shoulders. She couldn't so much as speak more than a few sentences at a time. Bedridden and barely hanging on, she eventually passed in sleep. No pain. I suppose that's something. When the breakout happened, the chaos that ensued was like nothing I had ever witnessed. Just the sheer confusion and panic, the looting, people being trampled and run over by cars and just left to die in the street. The hospitals were one of the first places to fall. They were taking in mass numbers of patients displaying the same symptoms. Difficulty breathing, bloodshot eyes, sweating profusely. Their skin gave off heat like a furnace. It wasn't long before the aggression started. They began attacking medical staff and other patients. They were seen biting into people and breaking their skin, dragging them across the floor. It got so out of control the hospitals became overrun and it wasn't long before it spread out into the streets. From there, it was over. Numbers of infected grew exponentially. Symptoms turned to aggression within minutes and it took over. Police and military personnel were unable to contain it. I managed to make my way back despite the chaos throughout the city. But when I arrived home, nobody was there. The house was deserted and everything was out of place. Clothes lay scattered across my dad's bedroom. The kitchen was ransacked and nothing left in any of the cabinets. As well as that, the pictures that used to hang in photo frames on the coffee table and fireplace were gone. This wasn't Luther's. This was my father. I got back to my car, but things got worse in the city. Roads were blocked off by abandoned cars and police blockades. I was unable to make it within 15 blocks of Sarah's apartment. I had no idea whether my father or sister were even still alive. There were cases reported of people becoming infected by simply receiving a deep cut from a scratch. It became known as Day Zero. That was six years ago. A noise startled me from a well-needed nap. I was sure I had locked the diner up tight. Grabbing my hatchet, I slowly stood up, my back still against the wall I was catching some sleep against in the storage closet at the back of the building. Leaving my bag where it sat on the floor beside me, I reached for the handle and opened the door slowly to not create any noise. Despite the diner being old and dusty, the door didn't make much sound. I made my way as quietly as possible through the kitchen and spotted something through the gap that looked out into the diner. A runner. I stayed low and crept along the long counter, being careful not to stumble or make a sound. I closed the distance and the runner was now just around the corner from where I was crouched hiding. It hadn't moved, just swaying back and forth aimlessly. It luckily didn't know I was there. Working up the courage, I began to count to myself. Three, two... One. 
I spun around the corner and lunged forward right as the runner turned to reveal a bloody, bruised, decaying face. Wasting no time, I immediately bring down my hatchet, caving it deep into its skull. It makes a grunting sound and falls to the floor, taking my hatchet with it. I lean down with it as it falls and pull back with force to remove it from its head. Right then, a voice from across the diner startles me. You just saved my ass, buddy. I also don't want any trouble, so I'll just take my stuff and go, okay? I lock eyes with a gentleman with his hands in the air, gesturing that he means me no harm. The noodles belong to me, I say in a whisper, pointing my hatchet towards him, blood still dripping from the end. No way. I found them, Ferens. He begins. Shh, keep your voice down. I interrupt. We're not alone here. There's another one outside. I can hear it. Which means it can hear us. Don't make a sound. He slowly brings his hands down and stares at me. I stare back and gesture for him to follow me, lowering my hatchet. As he gets closer to me, I whisper, The noodles you found belong to me. I'll let you keep three packs. But you have to help me take care of that roamer outside. Deal? He fidgets with a zipper on his coat. <sighs> Fine. I give him a nod and quietly respond. Okay. Follow me. <laughs> 